0: Good adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa bonzek and welcome to episode 95 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, April 1st, 2021. And this time I'm chatting with legal thriller author Piper Punches. Let's get right to it and I'll see ya. Okay, I want to welcome Piper Punches today. And I am going to read just a little bit of her bio, and I'm sure I talked about her in the, in the opening. <laughs> I never record them at the same time, so I don't know what I'm gonna say. So uh, let me read a little bit from her bio so you know who she is. I gotta slide it over though, cause I can't see it. And maybe I can't even get it to work, huh? Okay, Piper Punches is compelled to test the limits when it comes to subject matter in her books. Writing human interest fiction, she hopes her books and other writings will inspire writers to create change where there is injustice. She is the author of Waiting Room, Money Girl, and 60 Days, and we are talking about murder lawyer today. And let's see, well, when she is not writing, she's a wife, a mother, a pet owner, and a yoga pants enthusiast. And so am I. <laughs> Welcome, I, I have.
1: I, thank you, thank you. I I have on joggers today. <laughs> I do too, I do too. I, I, I love there's a uh,
0: On, O-N. I think it's okay. like a Swedish firm or something. They make really lightweight running pants. So when you bend your knee, it's it, it, it the fabric, moves apart in this mesh underneath.
1: And oh, so,
0: yeah, and they're absolutely wonderful. And I wear them. I have two pair and I wear them most. It's like what I wear all the time. I've gotten, I, we went to the grocery store the other day and, and I said to my husband, I'm dressed for Walmart. <laughs> he said, yes, you are. But he said, that's okay. It's a pandemic on go but, ahead. <laughs>
1: yeah. I I don't want to diss any Walmart people or anything like that. But yeah, when when you have a business like Walmart and people actually say, Oh, I can wear this because I'm going to Walmart. Kind of got to maybe rethink your business model. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe not. It works for them; they're everywhere. But yeah, there's definitely a different outfit for our, for Walmart shopping and Target shopping. You know, there is there yeah. there
0: really is. I don't think I would wear my uh, these running pants to Target. <laughs> and, and I hate I hate to disparage Walmart, but uh, but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a Walmart fan only because I, there's something about the lighting. When I, I get a headache when I go in there, so I just feel happier at Target. And
0: yeah, I like the red. Red's a favorite color. So, and yes. the shopping carts are really easy to push.
1: They are. They are, and there's they're so really us. deep. <laughs> yes, you can so buy you can a lot. Up. <laughs> oh
0: okay, gosh. well let's let's dive right into uh, the book that I I'm reading currently, which is Murder Lawyer. Now this started out as a serial, right?
1: This started out as a, like an episodic sort of um, read. What I had intended to do, I mean, I always meant for it to be a novel. Like from the get-go, I knew I was gonna put everything together. So I knew that like when I was putting it out, people had to read it in order or they'd get lost because there's a continuing story arc throughout it. Um, But each, episode, cause I think of them as television shows. I really think of like, if you're like a law and order fan, um, where you have one central story that takes place in that 45 minutes, but then you have these characters that you grow to know and love that continue on throughout the series. That's how I thought of the murder lawyer. And so, um, and the murder lawyers, Luna Goldwyn. And, um, I just wanted to write shorter snippets that, People could read like when they're picking their kid up from school and they're sitting in the school bus line or there are the pickup line, whatever you call it. My kids don't ride a school bus, they, they're this pickup line, um, or like taking a bath. Um, they were meant to be, you know, really quick, easy reads and, and compelling and to get people to really think about justice in a different way. Um, and but yes, yeah, so I, the, originally they were all published. Up until episode, I always call them episodes, even though they're parts. Um, up until episode, I think it was seven or eight, they were all published on like Amazon and Barnes and Noble as individuals. And then once I once I got ready to put them all together, I pulled all that. And so now they're really just, it's just one novel. It's a complete serial novel, kind of like um, the Green Mile. And I actually went to, because I have the individual copies of that, of the Green Mile. I don't have the full book, but when I was putting this one together, I actually did kind of go through and look at how he set it up and everything was just, it's all the same. He just stuck it. He just stuck it into one file and made one big book. And so I kind of did um, use him as a little bit of inspiration there.
0: Now, this is about a lawyer
1: yes. and you're not a lawyer, right? I'm not a lawyer. I always wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, I always wanted to be a writer, a lawyer or an um, FBI agent. So Um, But I decided being a writer, there's less student loans you have to take out. Um, There's less chance of me getting shot, Uh, (laughs) uh, less chance of me getting fired because I'd probably be like a rogue FBI agent. Um, And so, yeah, and, and, you know, and I can, there's liberties you can take, you know? So if people read any of my, if if people go to read The Murder Lawyer and they're expecting like a courtroom procedural, you're not going to get that. You know that's that's not what this is, and I tried to be as accurate with some of the things as I could based on Missouri law because that's um where this book takes place is in Missouri in the St. Louis area. Um, but yeah, it's fiction, that's what I always want to tell people it's fiction, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, just read it to be entertained. And if you're a lawyer and you're reading it, I just know I didn't go to law school. <laughs> I'm a did, did you go
0: since? In any courtrooms to watch any procedures?
1: Well, so the interesting thing is I used to be a legal advocate for uh women and children who were in domestic violent relationships. So um, yes, I've been in many, many courtrooms. And well, I got, got uh, that feeling uh, reading it
0: that you had yes. at least at least one.
1: Yes, yes. I've I sat in many courtrooms, spent many days in there working with women and children. Um who were, you know, mostly women who were trying to get orders of protection against their abusers, uh, women who even sometimes, you know, others, I, I've, I've worked with women who were even incarcerated for um, crimes against their abusers. So um, yeah, that was all in my 20s. And I, a lot of that experience for my 20s is not only in this book, but it's in all of my writing it's like really just influenced everything that I write about because um I think it's really important that people know both sides of the story of everything that happens in people's lives and we judge so quickly and we don't always know what's really going on behind the scenes did, did you want to read some from it uh yeah I picked up I didn't want to go like way into it I didn't know so one of the like what I picked from picked here is um One of the unique things about this book is because it's written in an episodic way, up until, and I don't know how far you've gotten in it, but up until I believe about part seven and part eight, each part deals with a different case and it deals with a different aspect of the legal system. So like one might deal with sentencing, one might deal with uh, closing arguments, we don't go through an entire trial in each episode because it's not possible to, or in each part, because it's not possible to do that. My, this book would be uh, 2,000, 3,000, a million thousand <laughs> words long. Yeah. Um, that's my new word, a million thousand. Uh, so, But then after we get to part seven or eight, we stick with one particular case and it just leads us through the rest because then we have, there's stuff going on with my main character that we start to focus on. Um, so, yeah. So each one of these parts deals with a different case, a different situation. And so um, I thought I would read, um, I wrote about a, in in Sam the Chandelier Man, that's part two. Um, I have a really interesting story actually to tell about that one. If you have time before I read, is that okay? yeah, go ahead, yeah, that's fine. okay. yeah so Sam the chandelier, man this story came about um, about 2017 my family and I were in Toronto and we were uh, driving through, oh gosh, just the Queens oh I wish I had the notes. Anyone listening who's from Toronto, if I get this wrong, I am sorry, but it was like Scarborough Street in the Queens something neighborhood. and we were driving the through Queens there Park? because my
0: is it Queen's Park? no,
1: it's, um, mm, I used to spend a lot of
0: time in Toronto, but it's been a lot of down. years. So
1: I wonder if I can, let's see how fat I probably can't get there fast enough. I just wrote about it back around the Super Bowl Cause the point of the story was we were driving in this, um, I'm looking if anyone, I don't know if I'm on video or not, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. looking for my Facebook post. <laughs> I talked about it. Um, we were, we went to Toronto and we were driving through the neighborhood where the weekend grew up. my daughter was a huge fan of the weekend. Um, and when we were driving through this neighborhood, um, man, I post a lot on Facebook here, which is good for marketing, but bad for when you're trying to find something really, really fast. Anyway, I don't know. We'll find it later. That's okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We were driving through this neighborhood and I saw this shop called Sam, the chandelier man. And I was just like, oh my God, that would be such a great story. Like, and Sam, the chandelier man was, it was, it's a light shop is what it is. And I was like, someday I'm going to write a story about that. And so then I started writing the murder lawyer and I was like, oh, I'm going to write a story about a Vietnamese shop owner who owns his, his, this is called Sam, the chandelier man. And he's being accused of murder, murdering a teenage boy who has been, um, coming into his shop and um, taunting him, throwing racial slurs at him. And um, I was like, and just to show people that, you know, what, just to create this story that's very well-rounded. It's not just about, you know, I want to give a backstory. So anyway, I was like, oh, I'm going to use that story. So I wrote Sam the Chandelier Man. I put it up on Facebook, like some information about it. I put a picture of the, um, the inspiration behind it. And I got a message from the shop, the actual Sam, the chandelier man, that oh. shop owner's daughter who said, I, I my, my dad has a shop like this in Toronto. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is the inspiration behind the title of this book. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and so he, she actually she told me he was, he's Muslim and um, that he would have gotten a kick out of it. And I know I chose mine to be a Vietnamese shop owner. And I remember when I was writing this book and I gave it to my editor, she has suggested actually that because of such of such the hate speech that this boy was giving Sam, the chandelier man, she was like, maybe you should do like an, um, an Arab shop owner because people are, because that seemed more timely instead of Vietnam. Like, haven't we moved past that? Haven't we moved past Asian hate? And remember this was in, when she told me this in 2019 probably is when she finally got her hands on it. Cause I didn't give her it, I posted it before I had it edited. And I was like, no, I really, and I, and I didn't even know the shop owner in Toronto at that time was Muslim or whatever, when I wrote this and I was like, no, I just really like it to be what I have it. Cause I feel like we overlook that, 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 that Vietnam era, cause this guy came from Vietnam back after the war. And I I just feel like we overlooked that. And so of course I'm, you know, Asian hate has not gone away as we, as we see it's
0: escalated. Yeah. It's
1: yes. Yeah. So, um, so I thought I would just, I have two. So that's my backstory is, is all of that. I hope it. I hope I articulated it well. Oh yeah. 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 Sometimes I get a little excited. Um, <laughs> so I, I wanted to tell the story of somebody coming over from Vietnam and how that, impacted their life and then what happened to him here you know in the 21st century so i thought i would just read um it's very short just the first um chapter 10 here which my chapters are really tiny in these books because this book's huge huge for me at least it's like over 400 pages Um, so this is chapter 10 this is the first uh, chapter in sam the chandelier man the yelling at first distant and garbled gets louder clearer He hears the sharp voices shouting his name. They tell him to get down, get on his knees, put his hands on his head. He remains still, breathing evenly. He fixes his gaze on the playground across the railroad tracks. It's where so long ago he took his children on Sunday mornings, long before all-inclusive playgrounds and safety regulations changed the landscape. Back when metal slides in the summer were conquered and braved by adventurous five-year-olds, When teeter-totters and roundabouts were a child's delight and parents' nightmares. He recalls the time when Jason, only five or six, had lost his shoe and nearly his foot under the long-gone roundabout. How do 30 years fly by so fast? Wasn't it just yesterday that he watched his children climb the jungle gym, wearing their Reebok shoes and Jordache jeans? He recalls the way pride and relief filled his chest, worked its way into his fingertips and his hair follicles. Pride because he worked hard to give them this life, his American children. Relief that he and Lynn survived long before Jason and Samantha were even imaginable. The textbooks in history call people like him boat people, refugees from Vietnam's ravaged cities after Saigon fell. That's the term Samantha used when she did a project on the Vietnam War for her middle school history project. The images she glued onto poster board took Sam by surprise to see how his life looked like from someone's camera, a bird's eye view of horror and retreat. The images were one dimensional, but not his memories. He remembers running away from poverty and death's lingering stench, piling onto overcrowded boats and watching their homeland become a speck in the distance and then disappearing forever. He recalls the pirates and the storms that threatened to capsize the boats every day as they floated toward refugee camps in Southeast Asia. He hates to remember those camps. Weeks spent living in conditions where food, water, and shelter were constantly fought and killed over. Once Sam and Lynn were on their way to America, he finally felt the weight of an uncertain destiny fall from his shoulders. Now, what has he done? His life since fleeing Vietnam has been one of reinvention and newfound joy. Owning a business, buying a home with indoor plumbing and electricity and watching his children grow into successful people were his and Lynn's greatest achievements. Last month, he'd become a grandpa for the third time. This is the life he envisioned that kept him moving forward, that made him so much more than just another boat person with a sad, tragic past. The voices are on top of him now. He looks down at the gun lying next to his feet and raises his arms slowly, placing his palms on either side of the back of his head. What has he done? Mm -hmm. So, I chose to read that one because one of the things I think is very important to know about the murder lawyer is that even though it is about legal, just legal, the legal, um, oh, help me out here, the the legal system, it's about the people in the legal system. It's about the stories that we don't get told on the nightly news. It's about... um, is is, is murder ever justified? Is murder ever have an excuse? And when I write books, when I say I t- try to test people's limits, I just want them to, I'm not trying to change anyone's mind about anything because the books that I love to read the most are the ones that challenge thoughts that I have held so close and so dear for so long. And then make me go, Hmm, maybe what I've always thought was true. Isn't true. And so that's why I read that, because this is a story about people and their lives and the choices that they make and how that impacts them and the people around them.
0: And, you know, those are the best best books, the ones that when you're done reading and you set it down and you walk away and you're still thinking about these issues that were brought up inside the book. I want to talk about this other series that you have called the She Series.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't done much with it, but um, yeah. What do you want to know about it? Uh, tell what everybody what know, it is everything? to start. Okay. So the She series was, um, I think it was 2016 is when I wrote the first, um, you know, time flies, time flies so fast. I don't, I don't even know what today is. Um, I wrote a, a story and it was just like a flash fiction kind of short story thing. And I never named the character. It was about a woman who she was just kind of, tired of I guess bored with the life she had or uncertain about the life she had and um, kind of felt like she lost herself in all these roles. I didn't know who she was anymore. And so she didn't necessarily want to leave her family or you know leave leave that role, but she just wanted to explore other parts of herself. And uh, when I finished writing that story, I realized I never named her. And I didn't name her because I felt like so many women can relate to that there. And so then I wrote another story and I actually had somebody else write one too. And where we never named the characters. We never named the main character. It's just she, because I wanted people to be able to read it and feel like it was them. And maybe if they related to it. So, um, kind of like the murder lawyer, what I had planned was just to put all these little short stories together flash fiction stories and create like a bigger project but um it kind of got pushed off to the side so it's still on my blog and you guys can still go and read it and um i probably i'm really right now if anyone's listening and they're a writer and their interest is peaked they can always just send me an email because i would love to add more stories to the she series Um, they don't have to be ones written by me i'm totally cool getting submissions from other authors and seeing where that goes because I think it's a really cool idea. To well, I do too. To, yeah. And, and
0: you're right. And and looking at the stories that, that are on the blog there, it's all things that every single woman experiences, goes through, feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that it I, I like, I really like that it's just she that yeah. they're not named.
1: Yeah. I I would love to go back and do that. And actually I think she was kind of the beginning of where this next book is that I'm working on is, because um, my next book that I have coming out at the end of this year is called Lost Women. And it's a book about three women who are at the at different crossroads in their lives with um, different ones at crisis of faith. One is a uh, her husband. She just had to put him in a memory care facility because he has Alzheimer's. And the other is a woman who just, it's very hard for me to define Beth. This is my main character, Beth, um, because she's in her mid forties and she's just, she's really the lost woman. She's the big, most lost out of all three of them. Her, I think her crisis is a crisis of identity, of wondering what comes next in this next stage of her life as her child is growing up and just where she's supposed to go. And I think that every woman that reads this next book could relate to one of these characters in some way. Oh, um, almost definitely. Yeah, you, you yeah. hit that, you hit that
0: part, point where when the children leave, if you don't have an, some kind of an identity of your own, it can be very, and I have a lot of friends who went through this when um, when their children left home. I mean, if you don't have some kind of identity on your own, you don't know what the hell to do next. You know, right. you, you kind of wake up and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do today? You know, I don't have right. children to put on the bus and I don't have lunches to make and I don't have school projects to make sure that are there and 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 yeah and and it, it's it's nothing against you know being a a, a parent I mean I, I was one for a long time and still it am. was my identity yeah for a long time and I mean, still right. am of course like they won't leave no um <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but You're yeah a but, parent <laughs> yeah and I and I understand that if it wasn't for writing I don't know what I would have outside of family. You know, it's, it's that, because right. I'm not a hobby person. You know, and I don't, I mean, I do like puzzles, but I do them when I get stuck on story and I'll go into a puzzle
1: oh, and wow, that's your mind
0: yeah it relaxes my mind and then all of a sudden in the middle of the puzzle I'll realize what to do and I run and and then the puzzle sits there on the table for weeks
1: <laughs> <laughs> because it served its purpose it, it that was its purpose was to get you going and writing again yeah yeah yes. yeah it,
0: it, if you're fans of the big bang theory one of my favorite yeah. episodes was sheldon was stuck with some scientific thing and so he wanted to know he he needed to do something mundane and he's all Penny, "your work is mundane" <laughs>
1: thanks a lot so So she shows up at work and there he is
0: bussing tables yeah and then all of a sudden he drops everything and the pattern that all the the dishes and everything spilled shows him what he needs to do and then he leaves the mess for her to clean up
1: (laughs) you know I love Sheldon I love Sheldon sometimes whenever I watch the big Bang theory I I hate to admit this but there are parts of Sheldon that are like me like the special spot I do have a a special spot at my kitchen table. Everybody knows it's my special spot. Nobody sits there. Uh, there's just little Sheldonisms, Sheldonisms in my life. We, that I, I get like my husband and I will watch that and I'll just kind of giggle and be like, I'm so sorry. I know I'm like that.
0: You know, I think it's a little <laughs> Sheldon in all of us. Because yeah, there'll be things, and I I um I, I love the knocking. The knocking didn't start to like the third or fourth episode, but the knocking yeah 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 it was one where leonard's knocking on her door and sheldon's across the hall and you hear him say penny and then they both turn to look at each other and he goes sorry he goes in his apartment
1: (laughs) i love (laughs) the big bang theory that's one of the best shows ever and my husband watches it all the time over and over again oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. my husband i got him a penny i was in vegas for some kind of a convention and i found a penny bobblehead doll and i wish i (laughs) would bought one of all the characters because they had all the characters and so i got that and then um He's got his ringtone is knock, knock, knock penny, knock knock, knock penny, <laughs> knock. knock Penny. <laughs> so I'll hear that throughout the house like wait, wait, when is. okay. And then I've got a, a signed photo from the set oh. uh, that I bought somewhere, but it doesn't have Raj in it. it has everybody but Raj.
1: Oh <laughs> and I didn't realize it until I got, got home
0: like. Cast. Raj isn't it poor Raj. He got no love.
1: yeah, oh, and the I the only the thing
0: smile. that i that I did not like about the series end and Chuck Lurry, if you're listening slap. Um, some women don't want children. And to say that, that, oh, you'll have a kid, you'll be fine with it is a huge slap in the face to every woman who doesn't want a child, has not had a child and gets sick of hearing people tell her that she'll be okay when she has children. So the fact that Penny went on and on about how she didn't want children, then she got pregnant and she was okay with it. I think there yeah. was a huge slap in the face to every woman who does not want children. So that that That's angered why- me.
1: We need more women writing for television.
0: Exactly, exactly. We need more
1: women producing. We need more women directing. We need more women writing. And yes, so shout out to Reese Witherspoon if you're listening for her Hello Sunshine Production Company. And uh, I think Wild Blossom is Nicole Kidman's. Mm-hmm. so that yeah you, even more women. and yes, Drew Barrymore and all the Barrymore. other
0: women yeah I love Drew Barrymore she just came out with a line of kitchen appliances that look like they're from the 50s
1: oh and I saw that the retro line I mean look Drew Barrymore is so retro just to begin with so I think that fits her yeah her
0: coffee maker if I had if I made coffee her 1950s coffee maker that's that's the avocado green
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would so have that I may have to get it for my daughter don't listen Cody <laughs> um, maybe for a wedding present she's getting married soon
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yes. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And now I got, I got I know you have a horror story from just like I do too. I mean, every writer has one about when you were 16.
1: Oh, it's just a lesson learned, you know, a lesson that I always tell people. And I still feel like you have to tell adults this today because um, when you, so I'm self-published and that means for anyone listening who doesn't who just doesn't know that means I do everything myself basically. Um, so I get my, I hire an editor, I hire the cover designer. Um, I put all my money into the project. I'm not getting an advance or anything like that, but then I get back all my profits and things like that. Um, but there's what there's called, there's vanity publishers, there's, um, hybrid publishing models where you pay somebody to go and do this for you but you're still not being published by like a traditional big five, big, big five publisher. Um, so when I was 16, I wrote a, I have to share it someday. I, it's, it's right here in this closet next to me, That um, I wrote a book that I then turned into a screenplay and it was all inspired by the firm, John Grisham, because that was really big back then that book had just come out. And, um, you know, I mean, for a 16 year old, it was fine. You know, if I read it now, it's pretty much crap. But it was, it was, it was good for my age. And um, I sent the screenplay that I wrote out to a bunch of um, agents. And one agent came back with this list, and she said, "These are the are he or she I don't even remember what who, what it was what their name was. Um, These are all the places that we're going to shop it around to. I just need five hundred dollars." And mm-hmm. I told my mom and dad, and they were like, "That's a scam." don't do don't do that no 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 and um you know for all the things i like to say about my parents and complain about them i just was like no you're ruining my dream i got to be a screenwriter before i'm 20 you know because i guess people have in their heads life ends after 29 i don't know um <laughs> and if you ask me life begins is just like i'm 44 and life's just now beginning so um at least that. Like career part of my life, and so um, they paid half of that, even though they knew they were wasting their money, even though they knew they were throwing it away. Just they they did it. I paid the other two fifty, and never heard from anybody again. And it was yeah. going to be produced, and and it was going to be this big mega feature, and la la la. And no, so my advice to anyone listening, whether you're sixteen or ninety six. Put money into yourself don't give it to somebody else and if they really 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 want your stuff they pay you you don't pay them
0: so you've got one more book coming out at the end of this yes. year and yes. what was the title again
1: lost women
0: lost women so yes. where can people find you so they can read your she series which i highly recommend and if you're a writer take a look at them and and, and send her a note see if, if you can write a yeah. she story also uh, you can find those on her website I will have links to the website and to uh, are you wide or just on amazon
1: um no i'm wide uh i am with uh yeah i'm wide with all of my ebooks you can get my ebooks pretty much anywhere ebooks are sold um paperbacks so if you're a paper if you're if you still love physical copies like i know i I like physical copies um the murder lawyers available anywhere paperback books are sold if you have a favorite i'm gonna shout out to independent bookstores if you have a favorite independent bookstore in your Neighborhood, and you want to read *The Murder Lawyer*? Go to um, indiebound.org or bookshop.org, and you'll find *The Murder Lawyer*. And you can pick like your independent bookstore that you want to get the um, get the love from that. Your website.
0: My (laughs) website,
1: yes. (laughs) We all do that. Okay, you want my website information? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Okay, it's uh, it's piperpunches.com. Everything is just really easy. Piperpunches.com. If you want to find me on the socials, it's at Piper Punches. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Goodreads. Um, Go put, uh, The murder Lawyer has a lot of reviews on Goodreads right now. So if you want to go check it out. Um, And then also Lost Women. I already have a little snippet up there. So if you just go click it and you'll stay up to date as I put more stuff up. When I do a cover reveal, when I actually put in the real release date, um, you can go ahead and put that on your TBR list on Goodreads. Um, and, and I think it's a free t- story
0: for joining your mailing list, right?
1: There is. If you join my mailing list, you'll get the first part of the murder lawyer for free. So that's part one. Um, so yeah, join my list and you'll get that. And, um, yeah, just, just go to piperpunches.com or find me online and shoot me an email. Email is piper at piperpunches.com. I make it easy. <laughs>
0: Thanks a lot for coming on today. And I, everybody, I will have links in the show notes. You've got to check out her books, especially if you like legal uh, legal thrillers.
1: And yeah. Yeah, okay. The Murder Lawyer is really the only legal thriller. The rest are just, um, if you like books about people, read my books.
0: Most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> Thanks a lot today. Thank you. I will have all the links in the show notes. And if you'd like to comment on this week's show, just go down there and click on the word comment. It will take you over to our YouTube channel where I can find all of them together and let me know what you're thinking. Do you have a book recommendation? Uh, Whatever, just let me know. And uh, if you want to subscribe, you know how to do it. So subscribe and I'll see you next time. Go read a good book.